State Champs Nation, Lauren Plant here. Before we get to this podcast, I just wanted to bring you a quick programming note. The State Champs Sports Network is expanding our podcast programming. In order to make it easier for you to listen to the podcast you want to listen to, we wanted to break them all out. You can find each of our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform, from Apple and Google Podcasts to Spotify and so many more. If you're a State Champs super fan, you want to listen to them all, you don't have to to change a thing. We'll still be posting everything in this feed. Now, on with the podcast. Welcome back for the final time this football season of the State Champs Indiana Extra Point Podcast. My name is Greg Rakestraw. The star of the show is Bob Stambazzi. And we are brought to you by Lawrence Technological University. Over 100 degree programs offered at a university consistently ranked one of the best in the Midwest, according to U.S. News and World Report. Find out more at ltu.edu. Brother Baz, how was your Thanksgiving? Just peaches and cream. Oh, wait, it was turkey and dressing. I'm sorry, wrong food. <laughs> it was great. I hope y'all and everybody else had a great one, too. Well, much like we did in the Rake Straw household this morning after four days, Thanksgiving leftovers were pitched. We got through most of a 20-pound turkey, and now we think about eating Christmas candy uh, for the uh, for the next several uh, weeks. Um, and obviously, we'll start thinking about basketball immediately, but on the podcast, we will simply recap all six state championship games as we tie a bow, pardon the Christmas pun, on the football season that was in 2020 and just be remarkably thankful, pardon the broadcaster pun, that we got through this football season. Let's start with 1A. And you saw the South Adams Starfires a couple of weeks ago in their regional victory over Southwood. A lot of us felt that the 1A and 2A games would be the best of the weekend, and those did not disappoint. Let's start with 1A, Covenant Christian 41, South Adams 40 in a wonderful game between two teams who are playing in their first football state final. Covenant Christian wins a state title in their sixth year of varsity football. Baz, your thoughts on Sunday's first of a triple header or Saturday's first of a triple header? Well, just just a, a remarkable feat on behalf of Covenant Christian when they make a coaching change uh, four games into the season. And they're taking on an outstanding uh, South Adams team. And everybody knew about uh, Arnold, their quarterback, and and all the receivers and running backs that they have. And, and what a great football game back and forth. Uh, and, and you're sitting there looking at that game, Greg, and, and I know who you were. But uh, you're sitting there looking at that game and just wondering, as South Adams had the lead, you know, is there still time? And there was time for Kevin to come back. And uh, that that was maybe maybe one of the best. Now that it is one of the best high school games I've ever seen because both teams actually played some good defense, but the offenses were just phenomenal uh, all day long, and especially in uh, that two A game. To put this in perspective, South Adams is down twenty seven to six yeah. at halftime. They score four successive touchdowns. And still, Covenant Christian's got enough to win the football game. In the fourth quarter alone, six touchdowns were scored. Four by South Adams, the other two by Covenant Christian. It was the third year, Bob, that a coach in the 1A or 2A state championship game scored in the final minute 
and elected to go for two in the victory. In 2018, it was Southridge and 2A and Scott Buning. They go for two and get it, and they beat Woodland in the state championship game. Last year, the 1A game was equally as epic with Central Catholic and head coach Brian Nay going for two and beating Indianapolis Lutheran. This time, the law of averages caught up with South Adams. They went for two. They did not make it. But given the effort they had to get back in this game, and given the fact that neither defense was stopping the other one, if I'm South Adams, I'm going for two in the win there as well. I had no problem with the South Adams decision to go for two. I would agree with you 100%. And, uh, you know, Coach said if he had to do it again 100 times, he'd do it again 100 times. Maybe not that same play because, as you know, they had that straight dive working all night. And uh, this one took a little time because it was a pitch. And uh, let their big fullback get a little room to take a peek. But give uh, Kevin Christian, they were ready for the edge. They were setting out there with four players that hit the, hit the fullback. Uh, uh, but you think back now. How many times in your career as a broadcaster have you said that missed field goal may come an extra point may come back to haunt you? Well, it did in, in regards to South Adams, but uh, uh, taking nothing away from this game, nothing away. Nobody lost this game in regards as an individual. This was just a great high school football game. How about the fact that James Arnold threw for 480 yards in a losing effort for South Adams? Michael Wilson, 236 yards rushing on the winning side of the letter for Electric for Covenant. Christian, this will be a game that will be talked about, um, you know, in the annals of, of Indiana high school football history for a long time. You can say the exact same thing about the 2A game. The opening game of the weekend set the tone. Western Boone, 36. Fort Wayne Bishop Lures, 35. Weebo was down. Uh, they scored the first touchdown of the game. In fact, they led 13 to seven. Exactly. But then they were playing catch up the remainder of the game with 338 left to go. Bishop Lewis scored to make it 35 to 26, a two possession game. Weebo kept fighting, and Josiah Smith, who had missed an earlier extra point, hits the field goal. You probably have heard of his dad, Hunter. Former punter for the Indianapolis Colts, played at Notre Dame. Hunter, part of a Super Bowl champion team for the Colts some now 14 years ago. His son hits the game-winning field goal to deliver Western Boone, their third consecutive 2A crown. Your thoughts on the other tremendous classic matchup in the state finals this year? Well, we talked about it in the uh, 1A game about Arnold throwing for 400 yards. And in this game, you have Carson Clark, just a junior for the uh, – uh, Bishop Lures Knights thrown for 300 uh, yards in this game, but four, I mean, 17 of 21, Greg. Those are phenomenal figures. Uh, just four incomplete passes, uh, three of them went for touchdowns. And rushing wise, well, Lures had 72 yards on the ground, and uh, they got a lot of that coming back next year, too. But this was a game. Uh, if you really watched and paid attention where your defenses uh, were really put to the test because both teams like to spread you, like to get you out in uh, in open space. And that's what Coach Lindsey did, just like his dad did before him at Bishop Lures. Uh, they just were not able uh, to put the uh, uh, 12th trophy in the case. But one thing, it jumps out at you. And I tell you, uh, it's a lot of the talk. You know it, I know, everybody knows it uh, in regards to the penalties. Let me tell you what, every penalty call was there. 
I thought the officiating really had a great game. Uh, really, all six officiating crews had great games in this state tournament, but this was not one or loss on a call. This game was just one or loss on the scoreboard. To Bob's point, Bishop Loris had 10 penalties for 90 yards. Western Boone had one for 15. But my friend has been a high school football official along with many other sports for multiple decades. So he knows of what he speaks. The individual effort I want to point out on the Western Boone side is Robbie Taylor. <laughs> 43 carries, 210 yards, two touchdowns. And again, Baz, this is a Western Boone team that now will go up to 3A. They have won the last three 2A state championships, but they were five and four. I know Lures was three and six, but we always chalk up that Lures record saying, hey, you're the smallest school in the summit. You know, the the record for, for Lures at the end of every October is 0-0. Just yes. you go, go start over because of the quality of competition they play on a week-in, week-out basis. I'm not sure what was expected of this Western Boone team. As they kind of caught fire late in the year, said, okay, let me think out of their sectional. All right, let me think it out of their regional. Didn't think they'd get past modern day in the semi-state, and they beat Bishop Lures in the championship game. What a program Justin Pelly is building at Western Boone High School. Yeah, one thing we neither one of us mentioned, and, and me, I should always do it because I do, uh, is the fact We've talked about the pretty boys, you know, the guys that get all the glory. But look at them hogs up front, uh, the guys that make the pretty boys pretty. Uh, on both those games so far we've talked about had great, great uh, hogs on the line up front doing a whale of a job. And I tell you what, Greg, watching it on television, uh, you could see uh, those guys had left it all on the field, all 48 minutes. I give a lot of credit to both uh, 1A and 2A games uh, to the linemen up front. They, they really had great, great games. The 3A and 4A games are very similar. We'll break them down one at a time. In fact, we'll take kind of a mini timeout in between them. But 3 and 4A played out with the expected team that won to win it and probably by more of a margin in which they did. So in 3A, Bishop Chittard wins their state record, 15th state championship. They are now 15 and 1 all-time in state championship games. They beat Danville 42-14. to 14. The backstory here is that for the better part of the last 25 years, these two teams have crossed paths in the postseason. In fact, it is the 15th time in the last 24 years that these two teams have played. Virtually all of them have been at the sectional level. The last two years, the first time that Chittard has come from the northern half of the bracket in Class 3A. They have won a state title going that path each of the last two years. And again, I think that path helped them. As you and I discussed, having to play Concordia Lutheran and Mishawaka Marion got them ready for a team like Danville. Not that Chittard's, you know, their regular season schedule, my goodness, they beat Merrillville this year, you know, who was a Final Four team in Class 6, say. But Chittard was, was, was exceptionally balanced in terms of the run-pass game. They were running the ball for five and six yards at a time, which, again, you give credit. Uh, you know, to their offensive line. And I think Shatar just generally wore down Danville as the game went along. Bob, your thoughts on the 3A state championship? That's exactly what I was going to say. It looked like Shatar really just beat uh, uh, Danville up up front. 
And by doing that, wore them down. And then all of a sudden it relies on their defensive backs to come up and corners to make uh, play after play after play. And when your backs are starting to make the big tackles, Greg, you're in trouble for the longevity of the game. Once in a while, okay. But uh, this Shatar team is an outstanding and very athletic football team. My goodness, their athleticism uh, from sideline to sideline. And this is now a three a game. But uh, you look at the athletes they had on the field going sideline to sideline. It, it was really special. The I believe the Sagan rating for Shatar going in was either sixth or seventh in the state, oh. as in all classifications. This was one of the best teams in the state. They yeah. they had a, a, a sizable victory in week three against the 4A state champ, and their lone loss was to the 5A state champ. Shatar does have a large senior class they have to replace at the end of this year. And they will go up to 4A. Uh, they, they were up in 4A in both 2013 and 2014. They have been back in 3A since that time. Uh, and so there will be a new 3A champion next year. Danville clearly will be a favorite. Mishawaka Marion will be amongst the favorites next year. And Concordia Lutheran won a 3A state title back in 2016. They'll be in that conversation next year as well. Right now, let's thank our great sponsor, Lawrence Technological University, Southfield, Michigan. They've got 27 teams in 22 sports, track and field and men's volleyball, some of the newest offerings. You can be a college athlete. Seriously, check it out. Go to ltuathletics.com, click on the Be Recruited tab on the homepage, fill out the questionnaire for your sport, and the incredible coaching staff will get it. You can recruit yourself. You can even intern with the State Champ Sports Network team while you're living the dream and getting one of the best educations out there. Your journey begins at ltuathletics.com. All right, second verse, same as the first. From the north side Catholic power to the south side Catholic power, the Ron Colley Rebels are state champions for the 10th time in school history and the first time in four years, the second time in total in the last 16 years. And they pulverized Hobart. 49 to seven again, Bob going in. I thought Ron Colley was the better team. They had beaten number one and number three uh, in the last two weeks and had done so convincingly. They beat number five at the close game in the regular season finale. Just your thoughts on what you witnessed uh, on Friday afternoon before a game. I'm shocked to be quite honest with you. Uh, I did not think they would manhandle Hobart like they did. Uh, the Brickies come in there playing good football, uh, well-respected uh, up here in the Northwest, a team that I thought would give Ron Colley a football game, to be very honest with you. But the more I, I saw Ron Colley play, the more impressed I became with them, Greg. Uh, what a well-oiled machine. And do you, when you really paid attention to what they were doing, it was a game of trust. Uh, they trusted their teammate. Uh, if they made it, uh, tried to make a play, they trusted their teammate to fill in that void if they didn't make it. This was an exceptional uh, football team in Indianapolis, Ron Colley. Since you love you some offensive linemen, and rightfully so, let's talk about Ron Colley. Uh, they have four of five offensive line starters back. The four young men they have coming back for next year are all 255 or bigger. Yeah. They had a lineman who was hurt in the Chittard game named Patrick Meek, who will be a senior who is 6'4 and 315. So they basically bring back five starting offensive linemen next year. They lose one of the best running backs from a stat standpoint in program history in Baron Hebler, but their quarterback at Aiden Leffler, who threw for five touchdown passes, he had five TDs and four interceptions. He is back to be a fourth-year starter next year. He had the keys handed to him as a freshman a couple of years ago, and he took some lumps back then. 
But now Ron Colley is on the precipice of potentially back-to-back state championships for the first time since 2003 and 2004. Again, Chittard will likely be in their sectional. So it will not be easy for Ron Colley, but a glimpse into the future. And a tip of the cap to Hobart. Uh, there are not many towns slash you know, areas that you get to in this state where football is more beloved than Hobart. They were playing in their first state final in 24 years mm-hmm. after making it 10 times in the previous 18 years, dating to 1996. Craig Osika, former Indiana Hoosier, former NFLer and Hobart alum, uh, leading the charge. Um, Hobart does lose some key seniors, but making this run for Hobart will pay off going forward. Now, Bob, we get to the two teams that we have spent more time talking about <laughs> than anybody else in the state of Indiana all season. And as expected, they both won state championships. Both were clearly the better teams in their classification. I would even say, though, with 18 and 24-point victories, you want to give credit to the two teams in the Hoosier Crossroads Conference that hung around in those games in Zionsville and Westfield. Let's start with 5A, Cathedral 46, Westfield 28. Baz, your thoughts. Well, Greg, you and I talked a little bit before we went on today about the fact that I was very impressed with that Zionsville up. football team that they lose 46 to 28 i get that but who would have thunk it i mean this was a ball game uh, up until the fourth quarter and uh uh they they just anything the cathedral did uh, early zionsville match or anything zionsville did cathedral match and this game went back and forth and and the fans at uh, at the stadium got a great view of some unbelievable athletes i i looked at the zionsville team who took the loss and I'm saying, my goodness, those guys can really play. They are athletes. And then I looked at the speed and the size up front of Cathedral, and all I could do was saying, what if NFL teams playing today? Oh, no, they don't play until Sunday. I mean, these guys are pretty good. Here's the crazy thing, Bob, about that, is that they have some Division One kids as sophomores and juniors that mm-hmm. are playing. But of their senior class, they're not sure if there's – say, an FBS-level kid. So, for example, Cooper Coors, one of their offensive linemen, uh, got an offer from Indiana State literally on Monday, as you and I are, are taping the podcast for this week, the day after, or uh, the two days after, you know, playing the state championship game. Cam Jordan, who had 12 catches, 91 yards, and three touchdowns, uh, he is he has some Division One football offers, likely going to play baseball as of now, heading to play at the University of Louisville. But the big story all year long for Cathedral was Nathan McCahill, one-year starter with a very highly touted freshman as his backup in O'Neill that people from Cathedral couldn't wait to see play potentially this year and now next year. Well, McCahill ends up uh, on the season only throwing five interceptions. He finishes the year with 41 touchdown passes and leads Cathedral their first state title in six years. Oh, unbelievable. I'm 40, 41. Unbelievable yep. number right there. When you start looking at pitching and catching like that, the big thing I look at seriously is how well he can pinpoint the ball. All right. By the way, Cathedral finishes the year according to the High School Football America as the 15th best team in the country. They have two wins over state champions 3A state champ Chittard and the Ohio largest school classification, St. X. Cathedral beat them two during the course of the regular season. The one team they lost to, Center Grove, will finish their year 12th in the country, according to High School Football America. Center Grove got out to a 28-0 lead and just kind of pawed with Westfield from that point in time on. 
38-14, the Trojans cement their status as one of the greatest high school football teams in the history of Indiana high school football. Your thoughts on Friday night's, Friday night's 6A finale. I got to go right back to where uh, what I've been talking about, their, their linemen up front. When they start talking about their size, I literally again go, my goodness, where where's the NFL? They, uh, Center Grove is just so big, and the big thing that when you watch them play are very methodical. Uh, they're going to do what they want to do, and they do it very well, and they do it repetitively. And the big thing, they set it up. They run hard. They run hard. They run hard. And then they stretch out with the pass. This is a great Indiana high school football team. So to your point, Center Grove, the one area where they had heavy graduation losses last year was their offensive line. So think about that. The group you are seeing on the field for Center Grove returned just one starter. And they were mammoth last year on the offensive line as well. Carter DeGraff, the center, is going to play at Illinois State. Burris, the left tackle, who's 6'8 and 315. <laughs> He's a junior. He'll be back next year. Uh, and, and he has his pick of the litter as far as Division One offers are concerned. You made some references to, hey, is this a Colts player I'm seeing? Um, if there is one guy that is a surefire NFL player off of this group, it is Caden Curry, the defensive tackle for Center Grove. He has 55 offers. He is a junior. He is 6'5". He is 260. He gets there in a hurry, and he gets there angry. And Bob, already, I've been doing this now for over 20 years. He is one of the three or four best high school football players I have ever seen. He has one more year left to go. If there's ever a year where a defensive player is going to win Mr. Football, it's him next year because he's that good. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame has all offered this kid. He is something special. There are multiple kids to some degree like that, that Senator Grove returns a year from now. They'll be the favorites again in 6A next year. Maybe not as decidedly because, again, they do have some graduation losses like their all-time leading rusher in Carson Steele, like their other bookend defensive stalwart up front in Austin Booker, who's going to go play at the University of Minnesota. This team in total, amongst their junior and senior class, probably has 10 Division I players on this roster. They'll lose about half of them. They will still be the best team in 6A. I'm not sure the gap is as large next year, but Eric Moore, congratulations to him on his third state championship. As we wrap up this football season, Baz, that we were not sure was going to happen, we have reached the finish line. Your final thoughts on getting here. I'm going to thank the parents. Uh, I know that sounds odd, but I got to thank the parents because they have been so supportive of every team in a great state of Indiana, supporting their kids and making sure they get to practice, making sure they are doing the proper protocol and safety with the kids and then to the schools and to the coaches. Thank you. Thank you for taking everything serious and keeping our kids safe because this has been maybe, maybe Greg Rakestraw, the greatest season in Indiana high school football history because of all the opportunities that were thrown at them, as you said, a lot of arranged games throughout the season because you just didn't know if you were going to play even when you're getting on the bus. Thank you to everybody. This has been a fun season. It's been a questionable season, but oh my, it's something we will never forget. Your point is well made. Ron Cowley, the 4A state champs, found out their season opener was canceled back on August the 18th as they were leaving school. So it, your point's well made. Ron Cowley had to change opponents twice during the season. Shatard had to change opponents twice during the regular season. It happened up and down the line. 
yet we have played a season. We have come to a conclusion, and it was not in a press release saying, hey, we are postponed. No, it was on the field, and even with over 23,000 fans in attendance spread out over six games, we had that over the course of the weekend. My friend, I know uh, you and I get to take a week off. It's no week off for you in terms of the basketball that you will do on 105.9 The Bash. I can't wait to do a game with you on December the 15th. We will have our first basketball edition of the podcast on December the 14th. Talk to you in a couple of weeks, buddy. Take care of yourself. It'll be a lot of fun. You take care of yourself, everybody. Thank you so very much. Bob Stambazzi, thanks to Wes Wolf all season long. Jake Morris pinch hitting for him today. And Lauren Plant and all the good folks with state champs up in Michigan. This is Greg Rakestraw. Congratulations to all six state champions. And thank you for listening to the football edition of the State Champs Indiana Extra Point podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University. 